Does the day you were born impact whether you're a great leader? Can astrology unlock the pathway to leadership success? Hi, I'm Josephine Corcoran, holistic career coach and astrologer, and my podcast, Astrology for Leaders, Aligning Your Career to Your Purpose, is where we'll find out. I've been an executive coach for over 20 years, facilitating and training leaders to achieve professional and personal goals and practicing astrology for the last 15 years. I also appreciate the profound impact of connecting leaders to their unique astrological blueprint to give them access to their leadership abilities around governing, strategy, communication, relating, driving and empathy. Over the coming weeks, I'll be interviewing leaders using their birth chart as a lens to explore how they've harnessed their strengths, overcome challenges and found meaning in their work. My desire in sharing these accomplished leaders' stories is to demonstrate the extraordinary benefit of understanding your unique astrological blueprint to enable you to work in a way that is equally impactful and fulfilling, and to learn a few interesting facts along the way. Welcome to Astrology for Leaders. Today, my guest is Vanessa Gibbons, who is an extraordinary leader in her own right and a friend of mine when we met in the school playground where our children went to school. Vanessa, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Joy. I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, great. So in terms of uh, Vanessa's background, Vanessa is a marketing executive with a rich and diverse leadership career. She has more than 15 years experience leading regional marketing across Asia Pacific, Middle East and Africa for some of the world's most trusted brands including Hilton, which is where she is at the moment, Microsoft, Sony and Unilever. And in between, Vanessa has also enjoyed stints agency side with Canter, TNS, WPP and then leading her own agency, which was called In Good Company. Vanessa loves building, shaping and driving marketing organisations. She's known as a warm, engaging and steady-handed leader with a passion for helping others to achieve more. And I can certainly vouch for that. She's a quick study and a born collaborator. Vanessa enjoys taking a customer-centric, data-driven approach to solving marketing problems. She has a proven track record driving growth launching and scaling products and solutions that consumers, business owners and communities from diverse markets love through smart, scalable and results-driven marketing. And beyond the office, Vanessa is the mother of two busy boys and two equally busy sponsored children in Cambodia. She has recently become community advisor for Singapore's NGO, We Can Be Heroes. And she is a regular meditation practitioner and a lover of adventure travel. Wow, there's a lot going on there, Vanessa. It's wonderful. So to kick off today, Vanessa, would you um, be happy to share why you believe it's so important for everyone to step into their leadership qualities today? Sure. Um, I've been in living in Singapore for about four years and I've been working in Asia Pacific for about 15 years. And what I have seen in the last, I guess, five years, most, most markedly, um, has been that particularly in big multinational organisations, businesses are starting to really understand that individual skills and talents need to shine in the office so that if you have diverse opinions, um, diverse points of view, 
more authentic, genuine feedback about how people are feeling that you create amazing products and amazing organizations. Um, for me, spirituality was really anchored into that. Um, my need to feel connected to, commu to communities and to people and to the big issues going on in the planet sort of drove me first to meditation um, and then from meditation into broader spirituality and, uh, and then into astrology, really trying to find a connection between the things that I know that I'm good at and that I like about myself um, and the bigger picture about why we're here and um, what I can contribute. Amazing. So spirituality and bringing a, a sense of meaning to life and combining that with your innate abilities as a leader is uh, combining that sense of meaning with the ability to be productive and to get results is, is something that's paramount for you. Really important. And I don't think it's just me. Like, I think if I look at the companies that I've worked for, that's what they're looking for. Um, I think um, particularly if I look at Microsoft, because it's really leading the way in inclusion and diversity, they want people to be able to show up as their truer self with every obstacle open and on the table, with every strength that you bring, um, you feel confident about showing up, wearing whatever you like, saying whatever you like, speaking whichever language you want to, so that everybody, you know, diverse opinions are recognised and that everybody feels like they have a voice. And so the more you understand what your purpose and strengths are, the better you can be as a leader for those people who are showing up, bringing their real selves to work and expecting that leaders will be there to support them. Amazing. And it's, I mean, from what you're saying too, it's also got to be the right kind of environment where that's really encouraged and embraced and that there are practices that allow teams to work together where you do truly understand the unique abilities that everybody brings to the table. Absolutely. And, you know, and any tools that can help you do that, that can help people figure out what their strengths are um, and potentially where the challenges or growth areas are um, and helps them have tools that they can share with each other so that they've got sort of a common language to talk is really powerful. Um, and for me, astrology is a beautiful way to do that because it allows people to unpick, um, or sorry, unpack um, their really innate qualities that are part of, you know, who they are. Um, and to be proud of them and to be able to connect their experiences with those skills. So um, I just think it's a really lovely way of actually being able to build people's sense of self and then build the team's sense of identity. Amazing. Oh, thank you for sharing that. So why don't we do a little bit of a dive into your chart as a leader sure. and explore that and, and share some of the wonderful aspects of you. So you have got the sun in Virgo, which brings through this innate ability to be structured and organised and have this thread of service and really being there for others. But that's connected in your chart to the aspect of you that is really driven to be uh, in relationship and to hear things from both sides of, to hear stories from both sides. And then equally, there's this part of you that's connected into to bring the charm with that and to have some fun and to be creative. 
How have you embraced those three key components of being structured and organised and relationships, as well as getting creative and having some fun in, in the work that you do as a leader and as informing your career? Um, so I think in the early days when I was coming up through the ranks, I probably didn't get to use all of those strengths um, at the same time. I think when you're younger in your career, you're very narrow in your focus and what, what you actually are supposed to deliver and what you're supposed to learn. Um, and so different stages in my career, I've sort of leaned on different pieces. So when I was young in my career, it was always around project management, campaign marketing. It was very around organization and delivery and meeting commitments to customers and retailers. And then um, as I sort of took on my first management jobs in Australia, um, one of the first things that you have to learn to do as a leader is be able to put together a narrative and tell a story. And so building connections with people across the peers across the organization and then being able to communicate what it was that my team was delivering um, became really important. And then most recently, as I've moved into Asia, um, at this time, at this moment in time, um, where there's huge digital transformation happening almost in every industry. Most recently in my career, I've been, I've sort of got the golden opportunity to be able to do marketing transformation for some big businesses. So um, at Hilton, our digital transformation project is all around how we become more personalized with our customers. And it's really leaning on all of those three skills for me. So um, the first one is around taking that big picture thinking and figuring out how we're going to change the old way of doing thing and doing things and build an entirely new model to go to market within Asia. The second part of that was really then when you're asking an entire organization to change, um, even if you're just a component part of it and you're you know, just one part of the marketing machine or one part of the sales machine, um, is how you tell your story for your team so that they feel like they're contributing to something um, and that they're able to achieve more. Um, and then just because it's transformation, it's big and hairy and cumbersome and awkward and you just need excellent project management skills to be able to do that, which for the hyper-organized part of myself is very, very satisfying. The getting up in the morning and opening up the project management sheets so I can see where we are on the journey is very satisfying for me. <laughs> That is Virgo through and through. Let's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> no, not terrible. That's what makes you. That's what supports you to, to drive those results on such a big scale. Uh, I wanted to also talk a little bit and ask your ask you to share how this has worked for you. Vanessa is gifted with a kite, which is a part, which is a, a series of aspects in her chart which connects um, planets in a way that has them talking very cooperatively to one another. And the first part of the kite is made up of planets that are all sitting in air signs. And air is about the intellect. It's about ideas and innovation, and it's about thinking things through and um, communication. So the three planets that she has that are talking to one another in this in the in as part of this kite uh mars which is her intrinsic drive to seek out facts 
especially in organisational settings, connects with her moon with this in Aquarius, which has a strong need to see the big picture, to be um, fascinated by anything that brings through sustainability and, and helps people connect on that sort of virtual level and work with technology. And then also talks to the part of her chart where she's able to actually articulate that in a way where she's relating and communicating with others. So that's a very busy mind because it's the mind that's focused on the big picture as well as let's go out there and research all of the facts and then let's just make sure we're thinking about how everybody's feeling about this. So <laughs> that's a very, very active mind and so that you're intrinsically driven and you have strong needs and a desire to talk about and think about and talk about these ideas that come through for you. And also, not just in the organisational setting, but the one-to-one -one relationship components are very important to you, as well as that um, ability to be able to be clear with how you communicate so that everybody can understand. And that's emphasised by Jupiter, which is the biggest planet in the solar system and represents abundance. And really, that you've got Jupiter in Aries, so it's action-oriented and it's like, what do we need? What do we want to get started on? Where are we going to take it and how are we going to make it happen? So that's very fiery and that's fueling your ideas. So when you have opportunity to independently lead these projects that you can come up with that are going to, and, and that's all... And that's in a, on an international stage because Jupiter's in the area of the international relations. You have this capacity to use your intellect in a very powerful way. How have you embraced your intellect to get that to work for you? How do you, hearing that, what does that mean for you as a leader and how have you embraced it? I think the part that's interesting about it is it explains for me a lot of how I got here to Singapore. Um, I think uh, I, um, and I'm not really, and it's really clear for me about why I've chosen the jobs that I have. I mean, I've worked in very big organizations where there are hundreds of marketing jobs available every year, and they can be down to super narrow, very, very deep, very focused, how do we generate, you know, 500 extra likes on a social post in Japan, to very broad marketing roles that are really talking about big picture strategies. And um, I must admit, I hadn't really thought about it till you were just saying it just then, but it's sort of knowing that they're inherently in my chart sort of explains how I got to where I am now. If I think about the role at Microsoft and then the role at Hilton, um, in both roles, uh, my most recent roles, I manage... Um, marketing for our region. So I have China and Japan and Korea and Australia and New Zealand and Southeast Asia. And um, each of those countries has um, very, very specific marketing needs. But the reality is that we're global businesses. So my brain is constantly thinking through how do I take a global business product and the global efficiency that we have in these big organizations, but still make it connected and relevant to my teams on the ground in country. And then further again to our customers, how it is that you make it relevant to um, a mum with five kids who's working in a factory sewing shoes at, as you make it as relevant for a senior executive in Japan. So what is that tailoring that you have to do 
to make the products relevant for their customers. Um, and I get so much energy out of it. If anything, um, my favorite time of the year is annual planning when we get the vision of what the products are and the positioning is that's coming from global for the year ahead. And then we start have to really thinking about what it means in country. Um, I have had my team say to me before, which I love, um, is that when, um, when we build a plan and we get together and we talk about it, they, I often break them up into groups and say, you guys go away and figure out how we're going to solve this. And they often say to me that after they've sat in the room for a while, they know that they've got nuggets of goodness there, but my strength is always coming in with the whiteboard marker two hours later and saying, how about we join these pieces together and that will help us move forward. Um, and it gives them a real sense of clarity. So then they can just, they can really embrace that they've got their one or two really big things that they want to go after and then they, they're often running. Um, so, so it's, it's really, like the, yeah, it's like the glue almost for their ideas as well as your yeah, ideas on their own. Yeah. That's it. And it's, it's not, um, it's one of those funny things where it took me a really long time to realize that it was a skill in its own right. Um, I got so much joy out of it that I never really thought about it as a inherent part of my leadership development set. Um, but as I've come up into Asia and I've realized that and I've got this sort of broad scope with so many complex little mm. problems to solve or pieces to put together. Um, I, I love it. Like I love that that's part of my sign. And I love that it's part of, you know, my skills. Yeah. So it's interesting, isn't it? Because often when we're having the most fun, we kind of can be a bit guilty and going, oh, I'm having a bit too much fun here as a leader. Is this, am I, right. am I adding enough value? I'm having too much fun. <laughs> Whereas actually, if we're, at, if we're embracing that full potential within us, we, we are having fun when we're embracing our full potential. Doesn't but, need to be hard. Yeah. That's exactly right. And that's the way that it should be. And I think that the other part that it, it's sort of great about it for me personally is that um, is for staff members who work for me who um, who want to solve problems, who have that motivation and that drive to sort of how do they solve problems? How do they build a strategy? Um, there's never a shortage of time where they can hand me a whiteboard marker and say, can we go and lock ourselves in a room for it together and knock this out? Um, and so um, I think it works for my staff as well, is that it helps them feel like um, they can get around a whiteboard marker and do all sorts of crazy ideating and coming up with a whole lot of different things that we might do and that then they can leave the room and feel like they've had some fun as well. So it's nice. I like it. So uh, just to add to that, because you've got Aquarius going on there and we're now operating pretty well in a virtual world, even though we could get out and see people, people are seeing less of one another in 2020. How are you bringing that kind of whiteboard to the virtual world to help them when they're a bit stuck? What are you doing as a leader now in, in that position? You know what? It hasn't been as easy as I as I had hoped. Um, I think, uh, and I think that the data will show this, that there are really two different camps. There are people who are thriving in this environment of being able to have um, sort of organic conversations and ask lots of questions and, and be in flow in a Zoom environment. And then there are people who find it really exhausting to do this kind of conversation. Um, and so what I'm finding is that the people who um, 
were quick always in my team to jump into a room and whiteboard and ideate together. Uh, Zoom may not be the right platform for them right now. And so they're finding it hard to get their ideas out. Um, so, so we're using all of the tools at our disposal. Um, that now means that we have WhatsApp groups and we will message each other ideas and data and content on the fly all day. So it might provoke some ideas and then when people actually get into these Zoom environments, they've got a little bit, they've had a little bit more time to get creative and think for themselves. Mm. Um, and then I am having people over to my house. Um, for the Singapore government, no more than five people at a time, always, you know, with our masks on. Um, so uh, my team have been wonderful at, I mean, Singapore is a very small island. So for the ones who are here, my regional team who are here, um, they have come over to the house. We have ordered an inappropriate amount of bakery goods um, and sat around the table and done, you know, whiteboarding at the dining room table um, for a couple so, of hours and then we head home again. Yeah, because I mean, prior to COVID, you were on a plane every other week, essentially, seeing your team yeah. virtually. So just to also add in terms of that mind and really activating it, there are, I'm curious for you to explain to listeners where you get your best ideas from in what se in what setting do you find they they percolate or how do you feed that and and i will ask you in a moment about your spiritual practices but i and it may come up here now but i'm just curious to for you to share where you sense your best ideas drop in from sure so um i am a voracious reader um so I will, I, I read a huge amount. I, I try and read um, books uh, for at least an hour at night, um, but then I'm, I read um, prolifically online all day, uh, which fills my mind with a lot of noise, if anything else. I, I think it's, it, it's usually a lot of data-driven content, a lot of business papers and things, and so it all just sort of percolates in there. Um, and then I have been a long-term meditator, so I started meditating um, about seven years ago, uh, and then from the very fundamentals of daily meditation practice, I sort of grew a spiritual practice, which was much more around um, the big esoteric questions around why we're here, what is our connection to each other, um, what's my part in or purpose in this little journey that we're on. Um, and then uh, most recently, I've converted to Buddhism, so I'm sliding down that path. Um, but what it's done for me is um, it, it's a really lovely balance. Like it's a balance of all of the data coming in and different business sources. And then I have these two moments a day where I meditate, where I feel like because of the silence um, and the breathing practice and the sort of being able to settle my mind, the two come together really nicely and it's producing really great creativity. I've never felt more creative. Um, it's sort of taken me a long time to get to this place, but the ideas really seem to flow now. Beautiful. And, you know, the fact that you've got Jupiter, as I was saying before, which is the biggest planet and where it brings through that sense of abundance and it magnifies anything that connects with that sitting up in the ninth house, which is connected to higher learning, expanding the mind, going out there and having adventures. But it is also connected to this concept of um, belief systems and religion sits up there as well and so just this curiosity to expand your mind yeah. in in getting a perspective of what what sort of 
what do I believe in? And how can I feed my mind so that I've got all the information available there, all the data available there for me to work with and massage and create my own sense of what's real for me? Is yeah, that's exactly right. I was in, um, I was in oh, the kids, we, Scott and I took the kids to Bora Badur um, for the Vesak Festival a couple of years ago. And um, the temple in Bora Badur is like eight layers of temple and there are staircases on each side going up and then there's 108 stairs going up the temple and a guide was taking us around the temple and he was muslim but it was a buddhist temple during a buddhist festival and he said scott said to him um you know how do you feel about being muslim and you know being a tour guide for a buddhist temple and he said my friend the way that i look at it is that there are layer upon layer upon layer of learning and information that we need to know before we get to the highest point. And you can take any staircase you like to get there. Oh, <laughs> what an amazing like, answer. I was like, that's genius. That's exactly the journey that I'd like to be on where, you know, I'm constantly learning new things either through reading online or through books or from meeting people. And then I'm layering in that to my spiritual journey. And right now my staircase is a Buddhist staircase, but who knows? Absolutely. I think that's, yeah, that's, that's wonderful. There is, a, there's another part of your chart where you've got the, the planets Pluto, which represents transformation in its own right, um, is in your second house of self-worth and resources. And um, that is making a really lovely connection to Neptune, which is the planet that represents our connection with the divine and Neptune's in the fourth house of home and family. So with Pluto and Neptune making a really lovely connection and talking to one another, there is this very deep essence there of spirituality supporting your understanding of belief systems and making sense of the world connecting connects you into your personal power and yes. connects you into your personal power to be in relationship as as powerfully as you can be and as authentically as you can be how how do you experience that i mean it sounds like that's one of the kind of innate drivers within you to really develop this connection to spiritual practice and spiritual practice is also synonymous in a lot of ways with our creative potential yeah with, that's with it. manifesting something from the unknown you know I, I it's really interesting for me it's um i uh the way that i look at it is um it, it's really inherently part of me like the this idea of um, searching for those answers of um, finding, uh, understanding the spiritual sort of connections um, and my role in it is really a really strong motivator for me. Um, from a business perspective, it has been really interesting because it's also meant that I have to be conscious and aware of the organisations that I join um, because I'm so motivated by this idea that um, we're all on individual spiritual journeys of some sort or another and that we really have an opportunity to learn from another one another to share experiences to build connections across I don't know communities and countries and spiritual beliefs and um, practices um, that you need as a leader I need to work in an organization that shares that belief as well so um, I, I think about the companies that I've worked for and if I just use Microsoft as an example, they're so 
um, focused on diversity and inclusion um, and recognition of people's individual needs, that it really helps me to be in an environment where I can do that. Um, because then if I um, want to get deep into the data and the stories around a particular spiritual practice or a particular culture, um, there's a whole gigantic organisational machine behind me that will support me to do that. Mm. Um, so it's taken me a really long time to realise that um, it's such a big part of how I get the best out of myself and how my, I get the best, most creative solution to the marketing that I do, um, that I need to work in an organisation that sort of shares that belief as well. Amazing. Amazing. I could talk about that topic for a very long time. It's something that's close to both of our hearts and it was something I think that was the gel, for, you know, the glue for our friendship forming all of those years ago. And for the listeners, one of the things about Vanessa really is that extraordinary passion for connecting to the spiritual realms and using that to really um, connect into the the strongest essence of who you are so that you can take that into the workplace. And it's never ceased to amaze me the volume of work you're able to wait, make your way through with such, um, with seemingly so much joy and so much insight and just everything seems effortless for you. And I think one of the things about your chart that might be a really nice kind of closing. Oh, too funny. Well, it's a nice closing component because I could talk for hours and, you know, pe people have got work days to get onto the, those that are tuning in. But there's, there is um, Saturn, which is a ringed planet, which represents where we are responsible and where we are committed to things. And Saturn, in your case, is located in Leo. So that brings through this combination of being very responsible and it's sitting on a very sensitive part in your chart, the ascendant, which is when people first meet you and first experience you, that's what the ascendant represents. And with Saturn there in Leo, it's like brings through this charismatic charm and this ability for, for you to um, have people just trust that you've got this and to do that in such a charming way, to take things off people's hands and just to manage it for them in a way that they feel both that you're excited to do that for them and that they actually trust you're going to get things done for them. I certainly have always experienced that with you. There's this deep desire to um, to get results and you always do what you say you're going to do, but you do it in a way that's always extremely generous and always extremely, you know, there's this essence and there's this fun and this gorgeous um, charm that you express in the way that you do things. So as a leader, I'm sure that has supported your journey, but can you talk to that point at all or have I just sort of pumped no. up your tyres so much that you're like at a loss? I don't know. <laughs> um, so I, um, you know, it, it, is a, um, it is a part of myself that I really enjoy. Like I, 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 I joke about the fact that um, I have tried in the past to thinking that if I were to surrender some of my desire to be responsible and to make people feel welcome and to be organized, um, 
and then just let it all go by the wayside and chill out and not worry about it, it would be a good thing. Um, it doesn't work for me. And so I must admit, when you first did my chart for me and I realised that it was such an important part of my chart, it made sense because when I'm in that state of um, warm and engaging and willing to help others and to create a safe space either at home or um, at work, I feel like I'm the best version of myself. And then I think, you know, as a leader, if you're being the best version of yourself, then your team just thrive anyway. People feel safe. They feel confident. They come to work happy. It's all goodness. Um, when I try to switch that part off, um, <laughs> it sort of backfires on me, if I'm going to be honest. It makes me a little self-destructive. So I usually, if I try and switch that part of myself off, I end up giving up on going to the gym, I start eating rubbish, I can be known to have too many cocktails. I generally, the wheels come off the cart, so I must admit, um, and I just don't feel good about myself. I feel um, like I'm holding myself back and that I'm not propelling forward. Um, and so it's taken me a long time, and particularly once I saw the chart, to go, you know what, this is an innate part of myself and I should just enjoy it and be ultra organized it's fine <laughs> <laughs> it keeps the wheels rolling it, it ensures that there's that right balance between that's right yeah well there's so many other things i could talk to you about today but i will let you get back to doing what you do best and leading and also back to your home and thank you so much for taking your time out of your schedule today really really appreciate it what can we what can we expect to, to see coming from you next? You know, what's, what's the next, just as a leaving note, what's the, the, the next step in the vision of leadership for you and where to from here? I really am committed to this idea of sort of integrating um, spirituality and purpose more into my work environment. I don't exactly know what that looks like yet, but I know from a... Um, a, a leadership perspective. It's something that I really, really want to master, for want of a better word. Um, and it's um, and mostly because, or selfishly because, it makes me feel really good. But mostly because I really believe that um, if you can help young team members, particularly um, at a young age, embrace that part of themselves, where they're much more attuned to what really drives them, what they're innate um, strengths are you're just going to leave a world with happier humans in it like if I with the greatest respect to my career had not had to have a few of those speed bumps along the way um, that would have been awesome too so you go I think that that's sort of my focus for the next little while is to really continue to build that connection between my spiritual practice and my work practice Beautiful. And hallelujah to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need your help, Joey. I'm going to have to be checking in regularly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much once again. And um, all of that amazing insight and being a leader in 2020 brings lots of new hurdles to jump over and hoops to find our way through. I think you're That's doing right. an amazing job. So thank you once again. Thanks, Anne. See ya. Bye-bye. Okay.